0: Please open your King James Bibles to Psalm 69. For you men in the back room with me, I hope that you're not disappointed. I'm going to continue the theme. The Lord Jesus Christ should be the theme of this church. This psalm we call a messianic psalm. And as we heard in our preparation from our pastor, it's Cyrus who makes the decree to rebuild the second temple which will receive more glory than the first temple that Solomon built with much more gold and much more silver and much more uh, yes. money collected by David, this second temple will have the Lord of glory to glorify it. Amen. So this psalm we could say as a theme is the zeal of Jesus of Nazareth. The zeal of Jesus of Nazareth. It's 36 verses. Let's go. I've got some things to say about these verses about Jesus of Nazareth. Psalm 69, please follow along with me as I read. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying, my throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, That was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy hear me, in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Amen. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy lovingkindness is good. Amen. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat. And in my thirst, They gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thine indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him who, whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity, yes. and let them not come into thy righteousness. Right. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein, For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Amen Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Amazing psalm. It's a long psalm. I can't comment on all of it, so I'm going to focus on the most important thing in this psalm, the Lord Jesus Christ. We love verse 9, the zeal of, my, of thine house hath eaten me up. We love that first uh, phrase of that. What better subject in the Psalms than the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them ye, ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Amen. And that's the scriptures that the, that the uh, audience that Jesus had, had right there in their hands, was the Old Testament, including the Psalms. Further, in, in Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Right. So what shall we find in these psalms, especially the Messianic psalms? Paul went on to say, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Yes. Well, there's so much I want to say. I can't say it all. Jesus Christ, the incontrovertibly great mystery is revealed even in this psalm that we just read. In 1 Timothy 3.16, we know this so well, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's no longer a mystery to us. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. They had it obscurely right here in Psalm 69. We can read it with understanding because we have the New Testament. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, Paul wrote. What or who else should have the preeminence in this church? No one. Right. Even, the, even the Gentiles, the Greeks came, certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came before Philip, which was a Bethsaada of Galilee, and desired him saying, "Sir, we would see Jesus. Amen. Let us see Jesus in the Psalms. Right. Psalms are for meditating, Psalms are for musing and psalms are for singing. We'll sing, crown him with many crowns in just a moment. Amen. Is Jesus Christ? <laughs> is Jesus Christ not ineffably sublime Amen. Yes. Right. Ineffable, too great or beautiful to describe in words, and yet we're going to try sublime, of very high quality, and of great beauty. How can we possibly match with the words that we feebly sing? Jesus is in the Old Testament? Yes. He is everywhere in the Old Testament, and he is in this psalm. Don't let the obvious references to others distract from the obvious references to Christ. This is how we read the Psalms, the Messianic Psalms. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Oh God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. I'm sorry, that's not Jesus. If you can't figure that out, you probably need to go back to elementary school. That's not talking about Jesus. But you can tell the ones that are, so let's focus on the ones that are about him today. Oh God, (laughs) you know, foolishness and sin are not in Jesus Christ, so you know that's not him. How do you read a Messianic psalm? How do you do this? Let this little brief study that I'm telling you right now just be a guide to you. Don't you have tools like Spurgeon's Treasury of David and the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge? Grab them. You can do it. Grab those two things and then go to the psalm section of our, our new psalm section on our website and click on a psalm and let one of your brothers teach you that psalm as well. There's only like two left that don't have a commentary. Just start moving through using the old online Bible and let the tool do it for you. Because as you scroll through that, you'll see the window scroll right with you, and you'll find other references to the New Testament. That's what I'm going to do for you right now. In this couple of minutes I have left, I'm going to give you some of these verses that are quoted in the New Testament that we know they're about Jesus Christ. This is how to glory in the Lord Jesus Christ in the Psalms, in this Messianic Psalm. The first one is verse 4, the first clause. They that hate me without a cause. That's not a surprise. John 15, 25, Jesus said, But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. Perfect. Jesus knew exactly what they were talking right. about, what they were doing, and it was right here in Psalm 69. 1 Peter two twenty two. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. They didn't have a cause. He did no sin. There was no guile in his mouth. They hated him without a cause, just like that first clause says. Right. The second clause is, Then I restored that which I took not away. Did you catch that when we read through? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he, res- did he restore a few things that weren't taken away by him? Yes, he did. Now, this is the Old Testament, but I can't skip reading Isaiah 53 in this matter. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes... We are healed. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray and turned and we have turned every one to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus didn't do any of that. The Lord laid that on him. 2 Corinthians 5:21. for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Remember, Jesus did, he restored that which he took not away. We gave it away we gave it up ourselves by our sin. 1 Peter 2:24 who's who in i'm sorry who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Do you see how this works? Those are just references that you can quickly find in those tools and point to the New Testament and see what the what the psalmist was talking about even though David probably didn't really understand what he was writing yet. Verse 8. Verse 8, I am come, I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. Remember Jesus in John 7, 5 said, right. for neither did his brethren believe him. He didn't say that. Right. John said it. For neither did his brethren believe him. But there's hope. Even Jesus' brothers did believe. In Acts 1:14 we read, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with all the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Amen. So there's glorious hope. But here in verse 8, even his brethren counted him a stranger. His mother's children counted him a stranger. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, first clause, here it is. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. When the disciples saw him go into the house of God, the temple of God, and turn over those money changers' temple, uh, tables and get a scourge and beat them with it, they thought, I think I remember reading Psalm 69 that said, and, and here's what it, John wrote in John 2:17. and his disciples remembered that it was written, yeah. the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, Psalm 69, they remembered it. The second clause of that is in the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me, much like verse 4, Romans 15:3. for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me, right. quoted right there directly from Psalm 69 in Romans by Paul. Verse 12. I know I'm moving fast. Just go, to, go home, grab Psalm 69. There's 36 verses and do the same thing for yourself. Verse 12. They that sit in the gates speak against me and I was a song of the drunkards. Those that sit in the gate of a city are its elders and its leaders, right? In Matthew 27 20 but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Those were the men sitting in the gates speaking against Jesus. In a uh, Further in Matthew 27, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on a scarlet robe. And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. They that sit in the gate speak against me. Verse 21, going on. I'm moving fast. Verse 21 says, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Yes. Right. Matthew twenty seven, thirty-four. They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And in John, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, right. saith, I thirst. He knew that Psalm 69, verse 21, needed to be fulfilled yet. And everything else was done. So he said, I thirst, so that they would bring him that vinegar and that gall. He perfectly understood the scriptures and fulfilled every one, every prophecy. Verses 22 and 23. Let their table become a snare before them. And that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually to shake. I love to read those. In condemnation of all those that condemn the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 11, Paul wrote, And David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block, and recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see, and bow down their back alway. He was ready to condemn, and all he had to do was point back to Psalm 69, that really Jesus himself, in prophecy, condemned them. And finally, let's look at verse 25, speaking of Judas Iscariot. Psalm 69, verse 25: Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. And you're saying, that doesn't sound like Judas. Where does it say that? How about Acts 1:20? For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. That was spoken of Judas Iscariot. That's just a touch. On this one psalm, we have something like maybe 15 obvious Messianic psalms, and then there's several runners-up. How do I know this? We have a great uh, document prepared in 2013 by our pastor on the Messianic psalms. All you've got to do is go to the website and type in Messianic psalms. There's two different documents. This is from one of them. Do you love the psalms? Why do we do this? We are not an Old Testament church. We're a New Testament church, and we're reading right out of the Old Testament. Because Jesus Christ is throughout these psalms, and we can use them to praise and glorify Jesus Christ unlike anything else in the New Testament. We don't have these types of things in the New Testament. There isn't any scripture, there isn't any genre of scripture like this in the New Testament. But we have the New Testament to tell us what we just read in this Old Testament. It's a wonderful, glorious thing. Do you think David went over the top by having 150 psalms gathered together in one place? No. David loved his Lord. And even though... That Lord was his son. He even knew that from yes. Psalm 110. Right. David loved the Lord. Let's love the Lord Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit-inspired book, like yes. Psalm 69. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen.